Hey everyone, I'm Alexia. And I'm Ginger. And, and we're, we're your History Queens. So I just want to start off by saying a little apology mm-hmm. <laughs> because we have not posted in no we have not months it's but it's been a while yeah well we're college students and we sort of like went through like the whole midterms and finals and finals you know and break and break <laughs> and being, we were with our families for the holidays um so we just it was hard to coordinate um, because we live together when we're in school but we don't when we're out of school so. But we're back now for the spring and semester. we're going to be popping out episodes oh, like crazy. You already know. Back and forth. One, one after the other. Like, it's going to be great this You're gonna spring. You're going to be sick of us. Oh, you will. You will be sick of us. Um, but, yeah. Just... Yeah. Sorry about that. So, um, today we are going to be finishing up Mary Queen of Scots. Finally. Yeah, finally. I love her, but I'm so... We're like, ready to move on. I know. We want to get to the next history queen. Exactly. Like, yeah. Um, but before we get into today's, I feel like we should just talk about where we ended the last episode because it's been a hot minute. Maybe, oh, yes. maybe you should, you should go back and listen yeah. to that one before. Mosey on back to part two. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't seen it already. And then, you know, grab your popcorn, grab your snack, and then we can start this part three. So Alexi is going to kick us off from where we left off. Yeah. So for those who did listen to it a while ago, I want a little quick refresher of what ended our last episode um basically lord darnley mary queen of scots husband tried to overthrow her along with some other uh scottish nobles Mm -hmm. and they did that by murdering david rizzio mary's bestie and private secretary so sad and um mary ended up outsmarting them getting her thrown back as she should literally and um she gave birth to a baby boy named james james and that's where we left off (laughs) um (laughs) so also before like we get into this i remember last episode we did say that lord bothwell was an important person Mm -hmm. and i just want to like talk about him a little bit more because he becomes way more important in this episode of a main character yes later end of her life yeah Uh, very uh very much so antagonist in her Mm -hmm. life for sure so lord bothwell his name was james hepburn he was described as short muscular and foul-mouthed um who was naturally violent he was an extremely prevalent courtier and advisor slash member of the Privy Council. And he was um, very close to Mary. Mary really trusted him because he was constantly supporting her against coups and, um, you know, the chase about Red and all this stuff. He was really on her side. He provided her with military aid. Um, he was the fourth Earl of Bothwell. And around, you know, the end of where we left off the last episode, there were rumors that there was a romantic link between Mary and Bothwell. Um, And these rumors only intensified when in October 1556, Bothwell was seriously injured in a clan border skirmish and Mary rode 25 miles to ensure he was okay. 
But these rumors are extremely exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary didn't even leave to see him until, like, a week after his injuries. And I'm sure it was more so like, hey, you're a really good, you know, ally. Like, mm-hmm. I need to make sure you're okay because you're like constantly Like, friend energy. Me. Friend energy only. Platonic energy only. Yeah. But, you know. People want the tea. It is what it is. But, anyway, around this time, actually a few days later, on October 17th of 1556, Mary falls extremely ill. Um, she had been complaining of extreme pain from her left side, convulsions, and vomiting blood. And it was so bad that she actually eventually lost her power to speak. So this is obviously a really scary time for her. But luckily, she was saved by her French surgeon, who massaged her limbs and gave her anemas to rid her of the quote-unquote bad blood, as it was the best that they could do without the technology that we have today. And what's interesting is that usually around that time when, like, the the whole idea of blood being bad is obviously something we would never think about today because you don't want to bleed out. It's not normally a good thing. But in her specific case with Mary, it was actually a good thing because it was allowed to relieve a lot of the pressure that was causing her pain. Um, And after her recovery, although she was still very frail during this time, she did begin to finally start feeling better. So now we've got to figure out what to do about Darnley, um, that, that menace. Um, so he was, as men do, running from their problems. Um, he was on the loose following the Rizzio plot. Um, so the Scottish lords at the time feared what Darnley could do if Mary were to die and the power that he could possibly have because she was, you know, still sick at this time. Um, they wanted to ensure that he could not grasp power. So they needed to find a way to get rid of him and fast. Now, at this time in her life, Mary was sadly extremely depressed and constantly sick. She was actually quoted saying, I could wish to be dead, which is very sad. Um, And if she were to die, the care of her son would go to Elizabeth I and not Darnley, which is really interesting Mm -hmm. um, because Elizabeth agreed on this and the two were reconciled as sister queens again always with their little frenemies frenemies vibes the original frenemies no the (laughs) blueprint of frenemies um so yeah Elizabeth was willing to negotiate also on making Mary England's heir without advisors which is if you remember back to the last episode the number one person in Mary's way when it came to being heir of England wasn't Elizabeth it was her advisor Cecil so this would have helped her a lot yeah like that was a big move on Elizabeth's end um and then also around the same time Mary was ill and recovering at Craig Miller Castle when her advisors came to her asking for a way to get rid of Dartley because they were like obviously she'd outsmarted him once it's like we might as well try to do it again um So, first, they asked if Mary would be willing to divorce Darnley and pardon the exiles who would provide her with military aid against Darnley and the Lennox. So, Mary did agree to a divorce from Darnley, but as long as it was legal and not harmful to her son, always putting her boy first, um, she even stated that, I will that ye do nothing whereto any spot may be laid to my honor or conscience. Therefore, I pray you rather let the matter be in the state as it is. Basically, what that means in, like, today's English. Like, regular English. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds stupid. That you, whatever you do cannot make me look bad. If it is, it's better off that you do nothing and leave, like, how things are right now. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, 
<laughs> her mm. advisors must have not must have not been listening at all. Didn't follow the original plot of the movie. Yeah, like in no way. Because on February tenth, fifteen sixty seven, Darnley was found dead in Kirkofield. Mm. Just imagine like the shock that she must have felt when she heard this. Mm-hmm. Um, Darnley had been sent to a house in Edinburgh to recover because he was likely infected with syphilis. Mm, love it. Mary had visited him that day, but then returned to Hollywood Palace to attend a wedding of a courtier. And the basement of this house that he was in was filled with gunpowder, and at 2 a.m. there was a massive explosion blowing up the entire house. However, Darnley must have sensed, like, oh, I'm about to be killed because... He um, attempted to get out and was found strangled in the gardens. This is so funny. Not killed by the explosion. (laughs) Like, could they not have thought of, like, a less, like, intense way to try to, like, they had to fill his house with (laughs) gunpowder? Like, is that, like, literally, like, like the most him. reasonable thing they could think of? I mean, he was already sick. Like, yeah, like, poison him. I no, mean, poison him. Would've... Put something in his food. Like, they had to fill his house with gunpowder, and that wasn't even what killed him. They probably saw him running away and were like, shit, shit, no, shit, and just, like, yeah. strangled him outside. Yeah, exactly what happened. Oh, my God. Um, I mean, it... <sighs> Mary probably could have understood this because he made a lot of enemies in Scotland. Yeah. Everyone hated him. Nobody wanted him... To be king. I mean, understandable, but, you know. Most historians agree that Mary's advisors, more specifically Lord Bothwell, were responsible, but it's unknown whether or not Mary had a hand in it. Mm-hmm. A lot of um, historians agree that it's probably unlikely um, because around this time, like we were saying before, Mary was working on a succession deal with Elizabeth, and if you know anything about Elizabeth, she is, like, super against killing monarchs because mm-hmm. she was always very terrified that somebody was going to kill her. So this really, like, ruined any plans that they were working on together. Mm-hmm. So Mary observed 40 days of mourning, and there was rumors around, swirling around, that Mary was not sincere or upset by his death. But can you blame her? He was horrible. Even if she didn't kill him, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be sad that he was I dead either. I wouldn't be sad either. The fact that she even put 40 days to that morning, I'd be like, let's cut it and make it 20. Like, I, mean, I can't, like, that's a little much, but, yeah. Bothwell um, ended up being linked to the crime as Archibald Douglas, a supporter of Lord Bothwell's, shoes were found... At the scene of the crime. So everyone was convinced Bothwell did it. He he set this up. Mm-hmm. So now we are on to the trial of Lord Bothwell. So the Lennoxes were obviously outraged by the murder of Darnley and demanded a trial to find Bothwell guilty because they did have evidence against him at this point. Um, um, this was pretty much, you know, done through forcing Mary and the Privy Council to agree um, and then these proceedings against Bothwell began on in April of 1567. The trial was extremely rigged, as many trials around that time were, as there was literally no prosecution. So, um, obviously very rigged. They knew what, you know, uh, trial they wanted. They knew what they wanted to get out of it, and he was eventually acquitted. So now we get into the inevitable Mary and Bothwell marriage. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. So following the death of Darnley 
Mary continued to be extremely close with Bothwell, which again began to sort of refuel these rumors that Bothwell and Mary were lovers. So now that Mary was a widow, and Bothwell pretty much saw this as an opportunity for him to marry her himself. Um, Bothwell is, he's a big opportunist. He's a bit of a clout chaser. Yeah. Let's, let's be honest. I mean, maybe worse than a modern day clout chaser by many, oh, oh, by many yeah. degrees. Yeah. But I would definitely put him in that category. Um, yeah, he, he sucks. Um, but he began petitioning the Scottish lords to sign a bond requesting Mary to marry him. Like, damn, like, that's so embarrassing that you have yeah. to do that to get someone to marry you, but... When presented with this bond, Mary refused to marry him. Obviously. Because why would he just assume she would go along with that? It would make her look so horrible. Like, I know. she's struggling to stay on top of. Everyone like, in her life is like dying exactly. or dead. Like, trying it's like, to like stay on top of the throne, like keep power. Like, this was. She horrible. would never want that. And exactly. then, aside from that, he was also just a really shitty person. Yeah. Um, he was violent. And he had fatally injured an elderly servant in her in Mary's presence. Um, and I'm sure this was obviously very upsetting to Mary because our queen was known to be very kind to her servants, as she should. Um, and also, a lot of legitimate evidence suggests that their relationship was strictly business. Like, all of these rumors swirling around about them being lovers, there isn't really substantial evidence to support that, no. right? I mean, we'll talk about the quote-unquote evidence that mm-hmm. there was and how it... Probably was not Not true. Yeah. But regardless, Bothwell was simply not going to take no for an answer because, you know, who cares about consent, right? Um, But Mary did leave Edinburgh shortly after Bothwell's trial to go to Stirling to visit her brother. Her son. Or to visit her son, sorry, who was being cared for in Stirling Castle. She wanted to bring her son James back to Edinburgh with her, but his caretaker, the Lord of Mar, refused as he feared it was unsafe. Makes and, sense. Yeah, I'm going to say kind of valid. Even today, like, um, you never want, like, your your ruler and your heir to be in the same room. Or, like, not the same room, but, like, the same, the same place. The same town, because, city, yeah. yeah. like, even today, I know, like, the royal family, um, there's never going to be, like, a plane with King Charles, William, and George in it. Because if it were to, like, Such a crash, target. there like, would be, like, a oh, succession true. crisis. You're so So right. it is dangerous to keep the two most important people in the country at the same place. Yeah, so that's honestly, you know, good thinking on his hand, but of course, you know, she's still a mom first, so she did leave Sterling in distress in April of 1567. You know, it's just a lot of distress going on for poor Mary. Love the girl, feel so bad for her, but... So while outside the city of Edinburgh, Mary was surrounded by Lord Bothwell and his troops who kidnapped her and forced her to return to Dunbar with Bothwell as his prisoner. Every time I hear about how badly Mary is treated by Scottish nobles, I think, like, this would have never happened to Elizabeth because everyone's always comparing them how, like, Mary had this great childhood and Elizabeth had this horrible childhood. Like, and stop. that's so valid. But, like, when, when they became, like, actual rulers themselves, Elizabeth was treated so much better by her people than Mary was. Like, this yeah. would have never happened to her. Exactly. And it's also just, like, the fact that this was his solution is just so, like, you get rejected, so, like, why don't I just kidnap, like, men, men have never been able to take rejection, I guess, even in the 1500s, but, you know, whatever, like we said, he's a total opportunist, so this was his only way in his mind to get the power that he wanted. Um, so... 
clearly Bothwell was very determined to marry Mary and become king of Scotland. So while she was his prisoner, oh. he raped her. Um, trigger warning. <laughs> he raped her, which at the time would force her into marriage, which is genuinely so horrible. sad and horrible to think about that this is the way that things were set up back then. Like, it is literally heart-wrenching to think about. I mean, um, this was really common. I don't know if you've ever heard of, like, um, like, th- like the rape of, like, very important heiresses in order to... It was a tactic. Yeah, to become, yeah. like, to force them into marriage. I mean, if you have ever heard about Eleanor of Aquitaine, she had to marry, like, fast after she was separated from the king of France or mm-hmm. annul- had annulment from the king of France because she had so much power, so much land that she was, like, the biggest target. And obviously this happened to Mary, too. Yeah. I can't even imagine how scary it must have been to be, like, a powerful woman back then. Like, yeah. the fear. This is why we, like, a have this podcast to talk about it because yeah. this the fear that they must have lived through constantly knowing how fragile their power was as yeah. a woman is so terrifying which is why we find people like Elizabeth are like Mary and Elizabeth so fascinating um and to make matters even more sad and horrible her enemies argued that she orchestrated the rape can you believe that as an excuse to marry Bothwell she didn't want to marry Bothwell no. so the fact that this is even an idea I don't is, get it because she her lords like obviously agreed to it if there was a bond like from exactly. Bothwell that was presented to her if she had really wanted to do it why wouldn't she have just been like okay like I'll yeah, do it along with it you guys yeah. want me to and not have protested against yeah. it so it's just so dumbfounding honestly but Mary did end up marrying Bothwell on May 15th of 1567 and like an absolute girl boss, she wore black on her wedding day and had a <laughs> solemn look, literally the blueprint. Um and she was also pregnant as a result of her rape. Yes. So the Scottish nobles were against this marriage because they felt like their influence at court would be diminished. Remember how we talked about in the first episode that, like, marrying a Scottish noble would have been kind of bad because there was a lot of bad blood between the different clans, and the clans would be upset if this person had more influence yeah. over them. It was just less stable for, yeah. like, yeah. So that was already happening. And the nobles issued a proclamation accusing Bothwell of raping Mary and promising to free her. But Mary... Had obviously had a deep hatred for Bothwell, but she knew she couldn't divorce him because that would compromise the legitimacy of the child that she was pregnant with. And you might be like, well, who cares? But to her, the stable succession of, like, the Scottish throne was number, like, the most important thing to her. So Mm -hmm. even if it was Bothwell's child and she hated him, she knew she had to protect the child that she was pregnant with, especially because... James was the only heir to the Scottish throne, and this was a period in which a lot of children didn't make it to adulthood. So having an heir and a spare would ensure the stability of Scotland and the continuation of the Stuart dynasty, which, again, is the most important thing to her. her top priority, yeah. Yeah. So the Scottish nobles were outraged by Mary's dedication to her marriage, and they raised an army to usurp her throne. Mary's army met the rebels in Carberry Hill, just outside of Edinburgh, on June 5th, 1567. Bothell's men didn't want to fight fellow Scots because, you know, strong nationalism, dedication to their country. Mm -hmm, Of course. So they didn't really, like, 
strongly engaged, you know, like, wholeheartedly, and her forces were defeated. Mm. Bothwell, like, the strong, the strong man that he is. Alpha male. Fled to Denmark. And left his wife to the mercy of the rebels. What an alpha. You did all of this just to marry her, and you left her like that. Like, I'm just sensing a pattern among these men. Like, just running away from their problems. Weak. Weak. Yes. With a capital W. Yeah. Mary surrendered and thought that she would be able to negotiate with the rebels, but this did not happen. Yeah. So, (laughs) very much did not happen. So, Mary was sadly following this imprisoned, and she was treated terribly. Like, I think you said, like, writing this part literally made you cry because of how sad it is. Um, So, just... To list some of the things she endured, the soldiers would call her a whore and a murderer and demanded that she be burned at the stake. Um, I don't get it. Like, why? (laughs) Like, the whole idea of monarchy at this time, like, they were so religious and they thought that, like, God placed this person on the throne for a reason. Divine right, yeah. Yeah, why would they treat her like this? Because she's a woman. Like, that's what's so sad. So many kings have done so many things, like, way worse, even if she did orchestrate the murder of her husband. To this day, they're still praised for it. Yeah. And I think that's why we're so fascinated with Mary is because we've talked about, like, the dichotomy between her and Elizabeth and... The absolute level of respect that Elizabeth experienced, which was so uncommon after she got the throne. Yeah, after she got the throne. Before, not so much. Yeah, but just the way Mary was treated is, it's genuinely confusing. Like, I still, to this day, I guess we'll never really know why she was so deeply, deeply hated. Even to this day, a lot of people don't like her. A lot of people, you know, are very big Elizabeth, Team Elizabeth, and, you know, not... That people should pick sides, but it's it's just very sad. Not that we're picking sides or anything. Mm. <laughs> so she was taken to Loch Levin Castle. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Um, and the horrible conditions and stress from her situation caused her to miscarry. Um, and she was pregnant with twins, which yeah. they, I think they found out that through her miscarriage, Yeah, right? I mean, it, it was, she was so far along that they knew she was pregnant with twins and that it was a girl and a boy that oh she miscarried. God. So I don't know if it's considered, like, a miscarriage like, or, like, a stillbirth. Like, like, relatively like, developed fetuses yeah. must have... Oh, my God. I can't yeah. even imagine and the it trauma. Just, yeah, like, oh, my God. Yeah. So, obviously still ill and delirious from her miscarriage, the Scottish nobles forced Mary into signing abdication papers after she had miscarried, like, yep. literal, like, whole fetuses. Yeah. And she was, th- this was obviously a tactic to oh, get her sure. at her weakest point and her, like, you know, most least mentally stable point. Because she point. wouldn't have signed it if she was, like, mentally there. You know, yeah, exactly. And they knew that. They knew she was smart. They yeah. knew she was a literal, like, she had proven herself very adequately at this point as a very smart girl. And I, it's just so upsetting to think about that this is what they chose to do to exploit her but um anything for power anything for power um these papers though that she did sign in 1567 gave the throne to the then baby james with mary's brother murray acting as regent (sighs) the fact Mm. that mary has given her brother so many chances so many chances over and over and over again he you know, did her dirty, and she forgave him, and he still continued 
to treat her like garbage. To do these horrible things to exploit her, and it's so To his sad. own family. Because this is someone who is, like, literally, like, in her family. Like, if anything, like, it's more understandable for, like, these people like Bothwell and Darnley to take yeah. advantage of her. But whereas this is her own brother, he has, like, power mm-hmm. already. And she's he, given him so much she's power. She's given him so much power. And Even yet, though he was Protestant, she still, like, trusted him and gave him power. Exactly. But he like, continues to be one of the main proponents of her exploitation as queen, and it's it's just so sad. Yeah. So, a little bit on Lockleaven Castle. It's in the middle of, like, it's an on, on an island, and it's, like, surrounded by water. So, this made it extremely difficult for Mary to escape from. But you know our girl. She had to try. She was you not know, she, gonna She's gonna down. try to find a way. Like, come on. Yeah. So, in March 1568, Mary attempted to escape from Lockleaven, dressing as a laundress, but she was recognized on her boat and was returned. But she did make a su- successful escape on May 2nd, 1568, with the help of a page at the castle. The page sabotaged all the boats in the castle except for one, which is the one Mary was going to escape from. And Mary swapped clothes with her lady, Mary Seton. The Mary's still, still, you the know. The Mary's are still vibing. Like, yeah. they're still a girl gang. You like, know, what's like, up? Yeah. <laughs> And left the castle once everyone was distracted by the May Day celebrations. Once across the loch, Mary was helped by George Douglas, the brother of the Laird of Loch Leven, and she began raising troops to fight her rebels. Their forces met on May 13th, 1568, at the Battle of Langslide. Sadly, this battle was a crushing defeat for Mary, and she was forced to flee to Scotland. She was forced to flee from Scotland to England. Um, her supporters begged her to stay or go to a Catholic country like France, but Mary genuinely thought that Elizabeth would provide her with troops in order to help defeat the rebels. So sad. Like that is yes. so heartbreaking. Like she, because they were like back on good terms at this point. They, they were the sister queens. Yes. Well, I'm sure Elizabeth was like not with her after she murdered Darnley, but yeah. murdered. That's in quotes. Yeah, air quotes. Yeah. So <laughs> instead, Elizabeth ordered that Mary be imprisoned almost like, immediately after what? arriving in England. Like imagine like going to this country knowing that someone who you you're under the impression you're very strongly allied with will be taking you in and helping you and providing for you and you show up and are literally imprisoned by the exact person you thought you could trust. Like, this girl, it was just one thing after another after yep. another after another, which is why it's just so heartbreaking when you get into the later end of her life. But continue. So, Elizabeth's reasoning for doing this was because, obviously, the English Catholics were not a huge fan of Elizabeth because she was Protestant and their country was Protestant. So a lot of them wanted Mary to be on the English throne. Like we've talked about in the past two episodes, that was like the point of conflict between these two women. And Mary being on English soil would only like make her like an even bigger figurehead and even bigger, like make the ability to put her on the English throne even more possible. Mm -hmm. So it was a very sort of dangerous game for Elizabeth. Mary did send a letter to Elizabeth requesting a meeting, but did not reply before crossing the border through the Solway Firth and arriving in Cumbria, England. So, you know, now that Mary is in England, Elizabeth's orders come into effect. 
Um, so at first, Mary was staying as a, air quotes, guest in Carlisle. A guest that, you know, <laughs> couldn't leave. Yeah. Um, which is just, you know, she's probably like, oh, this is, this is a little interesting. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. Um, and this was while Elizabeth was, you know, deciding what to do with her. Um, I'm sure she had a few moments of like, do I do the right thing? No, never mind. Um, but Elizabeth was struggling, and in private, she did sympathize with Mary, but having her on English soil was just too dangerous to her, and, um, installing her back in Scotland would mean that England would be surrounded by Catholics again, so Elizabeth had to put her and her power first, so, um, but, you know, to be fair, Mary's <laughs> early imprisonment, you know, it was a kind of nice. She brought her servants along with her and had all her nice clothes from Scotland. So, I mean, my girl was living in luxury. Like, she she couldn't yes. leave. I mean, might as well make the most of your situation. Exactly. <laughs> like, why not? Um, so, despite this, Mary was desperate to return to Scotland and reclaim her throne and power. However, Elizabeth stated that she would not be able to return until there was a trial for Hort for Mary's part in Darnley's murder. So obviously Mary maintained her innocence, but rejected this as she was a sovereign who was answerable only to God. Like yeah, what? valid. Yeah, like what is Elizabeth's like part in this? Like she has no right. She's not Scottish. She's not like any of this. Like why does she think that she has she had to the have right to do that? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then finally, Mary agreed in late July of 1568, and she was then moved to Bolton Castle. Yes. So, the trial began in October, and the only evidence against Mary were the casket letters, which were eight letters and some sonnets found by Scottish rebels, which were allegedly written by Mary to Bothwell, implicating her in the murder of Darnley and in the affair with Bothwell. So this is, like, what we were talking about before, the only evidence that there was a relationship between them. Um, but the authenticity of these letters are unknown today because there were no s surviving copies that we have. Um, only, you know, primary source documents mm -hmm. talking about them. John Guy, who uh, we talked about in the first episode, he's a very, very big historian um, who studied Mary a lot. Mm -hmm. And he studied these casket letters extremely close and concluded that there were no signatures for Mary, which she would have ended every letter with, and that several of these letters ended abruptly as if they were artificially ended. Mm -hmm. Guy believed that these that Mary did write chunks of these five letters, but that three were written to Darnley, her husband at the time of his betrayal and that sections had been added to make it seem like they were written to Bothwell. Mm. He believed that the two remaining variants of a single letter written to Bothwell, but they were purposefully misdated by Mary's opponents. Around 1500 to 1800 words are likely to be genuine, but another 1000 to 1200 are forged and Interpolations. <laughs> Big words going yeah, on yeah, here, yeah. guys. I'm going to use my brain for that one. Um, <laughs> ultimately, in January 1569, Elizabeth declared that there were no, there was no evidence and that Mary was acquitted. Okay. However, for some reason, even though she did prove her innocence, Mary was unable to return to Scotland, marking the beginning of her real imprisonment. So, basically, like, all... What? Yeah. 
all the quote-unquote evidence against Mary is probably not true. Um, and, I mean, even Elizabeth saw that in the 1500s, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, of course, she, even after doing what Elizabeth wanted, going through this stupid trial, she was still unable to return to Scotland, which I'm sure was absolutely devastating for her. So now let's get into her imprisonment, which is so sad. But over the next 19 years, 19 years Mary mm-hmm. of Mary's life, she was continuously shuttled between different castles under the custodianship of different nobles. Um, her life did remain quite luxurious. I mean, come on, she is a queen, so yeah, I would expect duh. nothing less. Um, so she did have a pretty luxurious life while in prison. So this, you know, where let's not think of her being thrown in like a dungeon with yeah, like no, a scrap she, of exactly. bread. She yeah. wasn't thrown in like a cell and forced yeah, like, to like not see sunlight. She was living a good life, but she couldn't leave. Yeah, she was she a was prisoner. Little, yeah. Um, um, but this did kind of change towards the end of her life when Elizabeth's advisors demanded that Mary's security be strengthened because mm-hmm. of various escape plots that we will get into. And just Um, overall tension between Protestants and Catholics in Europe. Yeah, so yeah, like um, Alexia just said, this is also because of the tensions between the Protestants and Catholics. Um, They were very high in Europe with the religious wars in France and the assassination of William of Orange by Catholics, as well as the many Catholic plots to remove Elizabeth from the throne. So a lot of religious-based tension going on right now. So. You know, I do understand Elizabeth's anxiety about this whole situation, Especially but... Especially Elizabeth yeah. with her intense yeah. anxiety. So, you know, my girl, a little crazy. <laughs> She's um, a Virgo. She's a Virgo. She's a Virgo, <laughs> you know? But, um, so this new heightened security meant that she or Mary was confined to the castle and only allowed out one or two times a month, which mm. is... That's, like, really... I mean, that's pretty bad. And imagine she had already pretty much been struggling with depression and things yeah. like that her whole life imagine how bad her mental state was at yeah. this point like how poor her mental health i know we're like oh poor baby was locked in a castle but like we have to no. take into account the fact that like she had been raised a certain way she had been raised in these luxuries she'd never known anything other than that so to be like take that for that to be taken from her so fast was probably extremely hard and also guys She's a mom. She has a son. Yeah. She has a son. She doesn't know what's going on with her She son doesn't know anything about James. She goes 19 years. I believe yeah. she didn't see him once. No, whole... she didn't. And she, in the beginning, when it was, like, a good imprisonment, she was able to send, like, letters, letters and gifts and stuff. But then they sort of started strengthening the security around James and did not allow Mary to influence him in any way. Very sad. But, yeah, so once Mary's, um time allowed out of the castle was limited um she really struggled with this as she had been very active her whole life and her health as a result from this Mm -hmm. began to decline mary loved to eat she was a girl that loved to eat she kept full like yeah and she was able to like work that off her entire life because she was super duper duper active and then fitness queen like yeah and then once that was taken from her she did her body just really like it, was it going did through not, it. yeah. Did not go well. Um, and yeah, in addition to this, her spending budget was also cut drastically, which is, you know. I mean, fair because I think, yeah. I mean, Elizabeth and like the English nobles were paying for all of this. Um, they said out of pocket. Like, it's yeah. that deep to them. Like, I yeah. can't. But... I mean, if you've ever heard of Bess of Hardwick, um, 
her and her husband, the the Earl of Shrewsbury, mm. I, I think, they Good were her captors, and um, their marriage, like, really suffered from having her, like, in their care, because it was so expensive, and... Yeah. There were rumors that there was an affair between mm. um, her husband and Mary, but uh, we're not going to get we're into that. We're not touching that. on that yeah, today. No, no. We're, we're not touching because on that today. We don't know if it's, you know. Yeah, we're trying to keep legit. it as historically accurate as possible. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, of course, Mary is here, 19 years, struggling. So, as we know, we know our girl. Yeah. There's going to be an escape plot or two or three or of more. <laughs> so, you know, if there's anything we know about Mary, it's a... It's, she loves a good escape plot. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, so there were multiple failed um, escape plots, which, we, yeah, this caused Elizabeth's advisor, Sir Francis Walsingham, hopefully pronounced that right again, to create the Bond of Association in 1584. So this bond made Mary responsible for any plots instigated in her name, whether or not she knew about them or approved them, which yeah. is like... What? Like, like, I what don't, like, what do you mean? Like, someone in, like, a different country could be, like, plotting and she's responsible? Like, yeah. I don't... I mean, I guess I it's, understand. like, any, like, legitimate plot that, like, really yeah. came close to being, exactly. you know, a thing. So, at this point, naturally, Mary was becoming extremely desperate to escape. I mean, she's probably going mentally insane in there. Like, yeah. I can't even imagine what she was going through. But in 1584, she... Or 1585, sorry, she wrote to her son, James who had reached majority and began ruling on his own in Scotland. And she proposed that she return to Scotland and they could rule jointly. Um, James had his sights set on being Elizabeth's heir, though, and didn't want to share the throne with his own mother. So he refused. Like, I mean, part of me gets it because he never really knew Mary, so there was no, like, familial connection. All he had heard was that, oh, your mother killed your father. He didn't know if it was... He didn't know that it probably wasn't true. He mm-hmm. was being raised by her enemy. So, of course, they did their best to make her look absolutely horrible. horrible. But it is just so sad. Like, I just keep thinking about how this woman probably felt getting that, like, you know, hearing about that. About of what course, because said. I'm sure she loved her son a lot. Even though he wasn't, you know, they weren't together. I'm sure she did. Yeah. Care for him. Exactly. So... This leads us to Mary's involvement in the Babington plot. Babington plot. Dun, dun, dun. dun which dun, dun. was a plot to remove Elizabeth from the English throne and install Mary. The leader oh, of this plot was Anthony Babington, a staunch Catholic who was a, the previous page to one of Mary's jailers, the Earl of Shrewsbury, who we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. On July 6th, 1586, Babington wrote to Mary detailing his plans to assassinate Elizabeth and replace her with Mary. Mary's communication had been cut off by this point in her life, so the letters were shuttled in a secret line through beer barrels. Very, you know... Very crafty. Yeah. Very DIY. But the line was not so secret because it was being monitored the entire time by Elizabeth's advisor, Sir Francis Walsingham, in order to incriminate Mary and get Elizabeth to finally execute her. Mary did reply to Babington, stressing the importance of foreign aid in order to help free her, but she did not comment on the assassination. So she was smart to not completely incriminate herself. Incriminating herself, yeah. Mary was most likely hurt by her son's betrayal as this happened a mere 
few days later. So she she was probably just so angry at everyone. She's and so everything. emotionally unstable. She, like, she just can wanted we blame to blame her. Yeah. I mean, like, I do imagine if she was put on the English throne, like, to her son, and be like, "F you, you, yeah, like, exactly, you did me dirty. Now I am queen of a stronger country." Exactly. But um, the damage was done, and the plot was foiled. And Babington and his conspirators were all hung, drawn, and quartered, which okay. is a extremely gruesome way quartered. to die. Quartered. Wow. Okay. Yes. Um, like they couldn't have just. <laughs> what is it with these people? Like, let's just keep it simple. Just hang them. Exactly. Like we have to keep going. Yeah. They're no. already dead. No. Like, no, they're not. That's the thing. They, oh. They hang them until like the point of like right before they die, and then. Oh my god. I feel like. Hold on. I'm gonna look up exactly what. Okay, so, yeah, this is exactly what happens. Um, A traitor will be fastened to a hurdle or wooden panel and drawn by a horse to the place of execution where he was then hanged, almost to the point of death. Ooh, love it. Castrated, disemboweled, beheaded, Uh and quartered, which means chopped into four pieces. And then they would be displayed in prominent places across the country, such as London Bridge. This is from Wikipedia, guys. They would split up the... Like, they'd be they'd like... they chop them into four pieces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is crazy stuff. I'm sure, like, if one of them, like, accidentally died, like, quickly while being hung, <laughs> they'd be like, damn it! We can't quarter them! <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> they can't see their own castration! Exactly! Damn. All right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So now, Elizabeth had to decide what to do with Mary. Because of the bond of association, Mary was responsible for the plot, whether or not she agreed to assassinate Elizabeth. Mm. Mary was brought to trial on October 14th, 1586. Mary argued um, for herself. She defended herself, stating that she did not have a legal defense and that she was not a subject of the English queen. Therefore, she could not be tried for treason. Exactly. Like, treason is obviously trying to knock your own ruler off their throne trying to replace them mm-hmm. but she wasn't she was a elizabeth queen is not married of scotland queen. yeah yeah elizabeth was not her queen and i know probably to a lot of people all these kind of excuses that mary's made like about how like she only answers to god and like this one but like they're valid to like, her especially yeah. to this time like those are like actual like actually like legally valid because exactly being a monarch you know meant that you are only answerable to god Exactly. So, um, despite this, she was found guilty and sentenced to death. Hmm. It took a lot of persuading for Elizabeth to sign her death warrant. She feared the backlash from the surrounding Catholic nations and the execution of an anointed queen was not to be taken lightly. I honestly, every time I think about Elizabeth's hesitation, I think about the fact that her own mother was one of the first anointed queens to be executed i'm mm-hmm. sure it was it probably brought up a lot of trauma for her and her mom of course she wasn't allowed to publicly you know have any affection for her own mother but there yeah. is a lot of evidence to say that behind closed doors she did have affection for her own mother so to have to make the same decision i'm sure and i'm sure she probably hated her father too mm-hmm. i'm sure she probably was like wow like it was a very difficult decision exactly um she didn't agree to sentence Mary to death until December 2nd, 1586. And even then, the death warrant wasn't signed until February 1st, 1587. So she mm. was really trying to prolong Taking it. Taking her time, yeah. I mean, you know. 
not to like we we don't want to try to paint Elizabeth as a bad person because we understand you know <laughs> you can see Alexia's <laughs> face she's doing a little bit of an eye roll but you know I mean a part of me is like okay I guess you know she had I to... mean she had to do what she had to do. exactly I don't think this is why she's a bad person <laughs> no, just the other things we'll see if we once we do our like twenty part Elizabeth yeah. Elizabeth the first episode <laughs> we'll get into all of that yeah. but you know I mean, this one is day. a lot of content yeah I mean even when Elizabeth signed the warrant she refused to hand it over but it was taken by her secretary and when Elizabeth found out about this she locked him in. Tower of London for 18 months. Mm. So this was really something she was struggling to do. Yeah. So as you know, you know, um, Elizabeth has agreed to sentence Mary to death. And Mary was informed of this late in the evening on February 7th, 1587. Um, She was told that she would be executed the next morning. (sighs) I couldn't imagine the stress. Imagine those like eight hours knowing like it's nighttime and you're gonna die the next morning like yeah i just i i i can't i can't even think about it but um immediately you know as the girl boss that she is she began putting her affairs in order she was writing letters the most famous actually being her letter to king henry the third of france which is the brother of her first husband um the only good man (laughs) ever in her life um i wouldn't even say he was a man he was like a boy but yeah 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 (laughs) um In this letter, she asked King Henry III to pay her servants their unpaid wages and that her body be sent to France so she could be buried in Mm. France. Like, the fact that in the last, like, what, 10 hours of her life, she is thinking of her servants? Yeah. Like, I mean... The empathy is just so admirable. Like, I can't. Actually, I mean... Spoiler alert, she does not end up being buried in France, but it's a good thing because during the French Revolution, they dig up all the bodies of, like, nobles and, like, monarchs, and they mm-hmm. throw them in a mass grave that nobody knows where they are today. So, so many bodies, like, of Catherine de' Medici, like, it's it's missing. They don't know where they are, so yeah. I guess it's a good thing. It's a good thing, but, you know, it is still sad that, like, those wishes weren't honored, but um, she also made amends with her son, James, who, as we discussed, had done her very dirty, um, by not agreeing to share the throne with her, um, and she basically told him that she was not angry with him, and that it was her hope that he would unite the Scottish and English crowns. Yeah, so, like, a big, um, emblem or, like, saying of this part in her life that she came up with, well, her emblem, she did this amazing um, needlepoint work while she was imprisoned and towards Mm. the end of her imprisonment, she did this, like, really beautiful needlepoint of a phoenix and the saying, in my end is my beginning. So in her end is her beginning. In her death, James will become, you know, the one to unite the crowns, which is really sweet. It is very sweet. Yeah. So the morning of her execution, Mary was incredibly calm and joyous, <laughs> just like so like her. Like I mean, honestly, after the shit she's been I through, I'd kind of be a little bit of I know. I'd be like, like, thank God yeah. it's over. I mean, I'm sure. I, I, I think the thing is, if she were to die, she would have wanted it to be on her own terms. Yeah. You know, so I think that's what must have been so anno- like horrible for her, but yeah. Yeah. Accounts say that she was acting as if she was being spared and not sentenced to death. Mm. And her servants 
were all hysterically crying, and she was the one consoling them. Like, like what? She's like, what, half an hour till death? Yeah. And she's, like, comforting her servant. Yeah. So sweet. She's quoted saying, this is going to be hard for me to get out, <laughs> you ought to rejoice rather than weep, for that the end of Mary Stewart's troubles is now to come. Carry this message from me and tell my friends that I die a true woman to my religion, like a true Scottish woman and a true French woman. Slay. Only bad bitches talk in third person. Yeah. Like, let's go. Well, yeah. Or queens, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mary saw herself as a martyr for the Catholic religion, so much so that under her black dress, she wore a red petticoat, the color of martyrdom, and she held a Latin prayer book in one hand and a crucifix in the other. Slay. Honestly. She she went out with a bang. No, she's like, I'm gonna make a statement. If yeah. I'm leaving this earth? Exactly. Come on. While um, at the execution block, she was offered to convert to Protestantism, but she refused, saying, I am settled in the ancient Catholic Roman religion and mind to spend my blood in defense of it. So she really thought she was a, a martyr. Yeah. After this, her servants began taking off her outer layer of clothing exposing the red petticoat and even when she was about to die she was joking and she joked that she had never been undressed before such a crowd oh like my God. <laughs> like so uh, you know i just love her so queen much. queen of comedy literally <laughs> and then the executioner asked for mary's forgiveness which they do every time they execute somebody and she replied i forgive you with ne- all my heart. For now, I hope you shall make an end to all my troubles. My girl was going through it at this point. She's like, just get it over yeah, with, dude. I- Although, unfortunately, they took a bit of time to get yes. it over with, as we will be getting into. So, gruesome <gasps> details upcoming, yes. guys. Mary laid her head on the execution block and recited the prayer, In thy hands I commend my spirit, O Lord, over and over again. After the executioner's first blow, it hit, like, her shoulders rather than her neck. So Mary was still alive, and she continued repeating the prayer over and over again. It took multiple hits to kill her, and when the head wouldn't dislodge from the body, the executioner (laughs) resorted to carving the axe. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, When the head was separated from the body... The executioner went to lift it up by the hair and say, you know, God save the queen. But Mary was wearing a wig, so her <laughs> head fell out of his hands and rolled off the stage. Ugh. Oh, my God. I mean, at least she came, She left the world with a good weave on. Like, I know. Like, I, honestly, you know, her hair was at least looking good, but... yeah. So sad. This is, it, even, it gets even sadder. So... <laughs> There was a movement under her dress after her head was, you know, gone. Everybody was like, whoa, what's happening? Why is she moving? And they went to inspect it, and they found that she had snuck her dog under her dress in like, for comfort. stop. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Oh, my God. Apparently, like, it said that the dog was so, like, did not want to leave her, like, her whatsoever, and it was so traumatized that it ended up dying a short time after, which is so that is sad. Literally so sad. Yeah. Her body was buried quickly and quietly in Peterborough Cathedral. So. Yeah. She's, she's, she's sad she's gone. <laughs> so sad. So sad. You know, we wish there was a happy ending. I know. <laughs> it well, kind of just gets, like, worse over time. 
there is a little bit of a happy yeah, ending yeah. because her son James went on to become king of England and Scotland, uniting the Scottish and English thrones. And in peace, which is like the biggest part of it, there was no war to do this. Exactly. Um, so when James became king of England, he moved Mary's body to Westminster Abbey, where all the kings and queens of England are buried. And he mm. gave her a grand tomb, even grander than oh, Elizabeth. Yeah, let's make that very clear, guys. And, grander. Um, I mean, Mary's body is buried right across from Elizabeth's, and she has her own tomb, and Elizabeth shares with her sister Mary. So, Ooh. even in death, Mary got Mary got the best of them. Exactly. She did. She bested them, even in death. Her biggest legacy is the fact that Every English monarch since Elizabeth I is directly related to her, so... Like, what? In the like, end, she won. Who else can say that? I know. Like, In the end, she won. She is a queen, literally yeah. and figuratively and in every way possible. Ugh. I mean, that's a good way to end it, I feel like. You know, I mean, we got through all the gruesome details, but... Yeah, we'll be honest, it's... She had a sad life, but I think... Her absolute perseverance through it all is why we love her so yeah. much and why we wanted to focus on her for, you know, this first kind like, of section. Yeah. Her, like, even... I just feel like I get such good vibes from her because even in the yeah. points in her life where she's, like, the lowest... At her lowest. She's, like, joking and, like, happy. And, like, comforting her servants. Yeah. Name me a monarch yeah. that will literally comfort their servants. I know. She's like, just... she's just a queen and we love her and... It has been so wonderful to get to tell her story yeah. to you guys. And honestly, for those of you who have watched every single part, we are so grateful and we hope you found it interesting and yeah. we hope you want to learn more about more of the incredible history queens throughout time. So one thing we want to do is we want to have an Instagram live oh, yes. where we can answer some more questions about Mary that you have. Um, so or anything, any history questions, yeah. you know, we'll try our best. Any questions about even like us or whatever, you know, whatever mm -hmm. you guys want. So head over to our Instagram, mm -hmm. History Queens Pod, mm -hmm. um, to get more information about that. You know, the time, the date, all that stuff. Exactly. And we also have a TikTok, which yes. we we don't post. Too much on it. We do said. post some. We do. Uh, we have some funny videos. You should definitely <laughs> check them out. Um, yeah, it is also History, History Queens, Queens Pod on TikTok. Um, so find us on TikTok. Look out for our live on Instagram. And stay tuned because we will be announcing the next History Queen that we will be covering really soon. Yes. So, Ooh, she, I'm excited for this one. Yes, and it won't be three parts, we don't be, think. Yeah, no, it'll only be one part. And one she, parter. a little hint, she is like the poster child for female rage mm -hmm. and <laughs> queen of female rage so Ooh. get excited guys yes um you wanna you wanna lead us out alexia thank you so much for listening we'll see you in the next we'll see episode, you in the next episode. Bye. bye